In the name of God who is ever leading us. Amen. Amen. We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Throughout this Christmas season, I've spent a lot of time thinking how ironic it is that our image of Christmas is this holy family uh, cooped up in an inn around a manger. And, and our action at Christmas then is, is more like the magi traveling, visiting others, bearing gifts. In fact, I read this week uh, that 112 million Americans traveled by planes, trains, or automobiles during this Christmas season. And $720 billion were spent on gifts, traveling, bearing gifts, visiting others. I can't really critique this system. I, I was part of it, visiting my family and, and taking gifts and, and receiving gifts. And I have to tell you, as the only priest in a family that has a very weird sense of humor, um, I, I, I get a lot of really unusual um, religious gifts. They're sort of religious gifts with a twist. And, and this year didn't disappoint. Um, I collect records. And so my dad gave me this LP record of Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash in the Holy Land. Came out in 1969. True story. Um, this album actually titled The Holy Land belonged to my grandmother. And, and I remember her listening to it as a child. And I, I'd forgotten how raw it really is and how unpolished in researching it this week, I learned that Johnny and, and June Carter literally took a portable tape record player with them to, to Israel in, in 1968 or so. They didn't have sophisticated equipment. There was no poetic commentary. In fact, when they're at the wailing wall, Johnny says, oh, we're at the wailing wall and people are wailing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not real... You just get their gut reaction and, and it just, just sort of this description of what they're doing. And I, as I was listening to it this week, I became really emotional um, when they reached Bethlehem, the site of the nativity. Uh, you see, my grandmother made, made a visit to the Holy Land in, in the 70s, not, not too long after uh, June Carter and, and Johnny were there. And she would talk about it when I was a child. And this year, I, I finally got to go to, to Israel for the first time. And, and the whole time I was there, I wanted to talk to her. And, and I remember being um, in, in, in Bethlehem and in, in the Church of the Nativity. And you, you go down in this cave and you, you duck down. And when you get in there, it's a tight space. It's a tight space where they say Jesus was born. And, and, and there's a star in the floor. And over the star is an altar. And it kind of weirded me out because all the other people in there were getting on their knees and laying down on this star and kissing the floor. And it just grossed me out because I, I have a little bit of a germ problem. And, and I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I've come all of this way and, and I'm disgusted to touch the star. But finally, I just sort of brushed my hand over it. And when I, got out of the, when I got out of this tight space, I, I wanted to call my grandmother and say, was it like this when you were here? But see, she's, she's gone on to glory, so, so I couldn't talk to her. 
But when I heard Johnny Cash just describe this exact same scene in Bethlehem, and I could hear on the recording the, the people there talking, and you could hear them getting down at the star and, and praying. Um, I felt this connection to my grandmother, to Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash, to the Magi all those, all those years ago. And I realized that, that it's a connection through, through a time and, and space continuum that, that happens to pilgrims not travelers, on some tour. The word tourist comes from the French word tour, meaning tower. Tourist suggests viewing things from a safe distance, being detached or uninvolved. Pilgrim comes from the, the Latin term per agri, meaning through the fields. Pilgrim suggests engagement or or stepping out of one's comfort zone to be transformed. A pilgrimage isn't about experiencing the holy on our own terms, and, and pilgrimage isn't about being entertained. Pilgrimage is about being disturbed and, and surprised and inspired. And it, it takes some sacrifice. Not the least of which is realizing that, that we're not independent travelers on a journey. It's about being together as this sort of pilgrim band, sharing in a common purpose. The journey of the Magi, or wise men, to that very spot in, in Bethlehem, that was the first Christian pilgrimage. The Magi were, were most likely astrologers from Persia or perhaps Babylon. We don't, we don't really know and Matthew actually doesn't talk about three magi. We've, we've deduced that by the number of gifts they brought. And the magi probably wouldn't have traveled alone. In fact, uh, most scholars suggest that instead of picturing a, a desert scene with, with three riders on camels, that we should actually picture a, a caravan of magi and, and their servants and, and all their gear with them a group that probably was traveling for a, a long period of time. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, because they saw the star, when they arrived in Jerusalem, Herod had clearly seen no star. Herod even calls his, his advisors to, to say, have you seen this star? And they say, well, no. And there actually are four different interpretations of, of the Greek in this passage, but the wording suggests that the Magi probably hadn't seen the star since they set out for Jerusalem. So imagine setting out on this journey because you've seen a sign and then you, you don't see the sign until you get there. And that's why when they get to Bethlehem and they finally see the star again, they rejoice. Because think about this, they've left their home and their families, and their jobs, and all the, the comforts of their life to follow this astrological wonder in the sky. This light, a star. It was, it was common for magi to, to visit kings in the west, but these magi, these astrologers from a foreign land, they were the first to acknowledge Jesus as God's anointed king. They saw the light of grace before 
any of the esteemed religious leaders. And surprisingly enough, they followed it. The story of the Magi, that's our story. For the Christian journey is a pilgrimage. It's our pilgrimage. They followed a star, a a promise of salvation, a star in the sky meant to, to guide all people on their pilgrimage of life. The Magi, these these foreign Gentiles, turned that light, they turned to this light to guide them on this, this meaningful journey to experience the sacred. Like these Magi, it's it's this pilgrim journey to which we are called. We're called to that kind of Christian journey. We're called to to follow that kind of grace that that isn't always tangible. We're we're called to, to follow a light that other people don't always see, a light that we don't always see. We are called to allow grace to guide us. And, and it's a grace that, that can't be charted on a map. And, and frankly, that's a really impractical way to live. But like the Magi, we're, we're called to travel this road together in our own pilgrim band. We're not, we're not tourists, actually, staying detached from, from one another and, and hoping to, to be entertained by watching each other's lives play out. We're pilgrims, banding together, assuring us, assuring each other when we lose sight of the light in our own lives. We're pilgrims that sometimes even connect through time and space. Because often enough, the God that we cannot see shines through in the love of those we can see. You see, people often enough make God present to others, much like the star, shining our light in each other's lives revealing the grace of God with gifts of kindness and compassion and hospitality, gold and myrrh and frankincense. As pilgrims, as as this body of Christ at, at work in the world, may we both continue on our spiritual journey, allowing our hearts to be transformed into hearts that yield God's love, just as we shine forth to the rest of the world the light and revelation of Jesus Christ as that started so many years ago, mediating the grace to all. Amen.